You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hi, everybody. We're back. We're going to continue on uh, talking to our very special guest, John Howell, who's so interesting. And we're getting to learn more about the man and about the newspaper. So don't go anywhere. I don't know if, if your ch- did your children grow up here in Rhode Island? They did. They did. All of them All right, did. Now, here's my trick question. Do you remember the first time you met me? Because I remember the first time I met you. Okay, you're going to have to remind okay. me then. It was, okay, this is, this is a Rhode Island description of where something was and what's there now. Okay, you're on Warwick Avenue. You cross over into Cranston, and there used to be a, um, the hospital, if you were heading north, would be on the left-hand side. And if you went maybe a block or two, and I think it's a funeral parlor now, for some reason, there was a play in the basement. And I had just started getting uh, involved in the Women's Political Caucus, and, you know, because I always loved politics and history. And I met you and Carol. And I looked at you and I go, oh my, he's good looking, right? And then I saw Carol. I said, oh, what a perfect pair. That is my first memory of the both of you. And I mean, I was really young. We were all young, right? Yes, we were. But you, you still a marvelous darling. You're nice and svelte, unlike me. <laughs> uh, you remember that place? I remember that, that place. Yeah. I don't know what I, it was, though. Do you remember what it was? No. I, I just know that it had it's to be. It's in Cranston, right? It was Cranston, just over the, you know, we don't we don't travel far from Warwick now, do we? No. <laughs> and at, the hospital, obviously, is long, long gone. Long gone. Yeah, one of my uncles d- died there, and that's another story, but that was not a very good hospital. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, and it's glad it's gone. But, yeah, I don't remember the play, but I do know it had to be female-related because in the 70s, you know, that was everything, you you know, uh, the the third wave of the women's movement and trying to raise everybody's consciousness about where are the women, where are the minorities, why why are they not heard? It had to be something like that. But that's how I remember meeting you and your beautiful bride. And how long after that did you start running... For office. Well, uh, not to, well, it was 19, I started in 1975, but I had really, um, I learned the craft through the Women's Caucus. The first time I went to, well, I had watched all of Watergate, and I was uh, so impressed with the Congress back then and how people actually voted for things, and they had priorities, and they kept their word. I walked into the Rhode Island State House. I went into a committee meeting, and it's like, oh, my God, I could run for office and do a better job than these guys. And literally, that's how it started, because I learned how to I got a few laws passed and this, that, and the other. And then uh, Joe Walsh decided to run for mayor, who you had mentioned. So I said, well, seat's open. Let's give it a shot. And that's how that happened. But, uh, yeah. Good times, John. Good times. Good memories. Yeah, they are. So, 
as much as I want to learn more about your background, but a little bit more about um, when you met Carol, you got, obviously you were married. Did you marry, were you here in Rhode Island or where did that happen? Uh, she was working in New York City. She was actually working for the Rockefeller Foundation. Nice. Uh, not that there was any connection between my uh, working for uh, Governor Rockefeller. And uh, so, and I lived in Connecticut. I, li I didn't move out of home. I was still at home at that point. Uh, after we married, we moved to uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and I worked for the Hartford Times, which was an afternoon daily, uh, actually with a much bigger circulation than the Hartford Current, which is still, still there. Still around, you're right. But the Times isn't. That's gone. And I worked there for about a year and responded to an ad in an editor and publisher, uh, which is the industry magazine for journalists. journalists. And uh, the ad simply said, editor of weekly paper, $10,000. So I applied for this position, uh, got a call from uh, a fellow by the name of Walter Ruttman. And uh, so, and he said it like, I should know who this person is. You know, like this is the president of the United States. You know who it is. And I said, well, Walter Ruttman, I'm sorry, it doesn't ring a bell. And he said, well, I'm publisher of the Jewish Herald. And I said, okay, uh, what's the reason for the call? I wasn't putting two and two together here. And he said, I want you to be editor of my newspaper. And I said, well, I'm not Jewish. I don't think I would really fit the bill very well. And he said, but are you interested? And I said, I'll certainly come and talk to you. So we arranged to meet. He, the Jewish Herald at that point was based in Pawtucket. So we met halfway at a diner, and <laughs> it turned out that he really was looking for an editor of the East Providence Post. And I think the reason that he mentioned the Jewish Herald, which he also published, was a way of sort of filtering to see if I was anti-Semitic. Oh. And uh, the fact that I'd responded and wanted to hear more and was willing to meet with him, I think, was enough for him to say, okay, at least I'll consider this candidate. So I got that job, and uh, it was at that location that I met Tony Ritaco. And Tony was selling ads for the East Providence Post, lived in East Greenwich, still does, and he had heard that the beacon was for sale. So he said to me, what, what do you think we can? And I said, well, how much money do we need to buy the beacon? And the answer was $40,000. I wanted to ask you that, but I thought it would maybe be something you wouldn't want to talk about, but continue. <laughs> so we said, where do we get $40,000? So I immediately thought of relatives that I could ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they said, well, what are you going to do? So that meant putting a prospectus together as to what we planned to do and how we were going to do it, which was a great exercise because you're 
sort of dealing with a blank sheet of paper and saying, how are you going to make this work? And uh, so we formed a company, and we sold stock. And what I found absolutely amazing is that within a week and a half's time, uh, and each of us, Tony and I, each put in 8,000 apiece, we were able to get from various family members and put that together, uh, we raised the difference in the sale of stock. How about, that's amazing. I like that story. Now, and I do remember when you did buy the Beacon, I don't remember the year, but I think when I met you at that play, I think that you had, that you would not, you would learn, the owner. <laughs> my tongue got in the way yeah. of my, my talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it came together very quite. What we found, uh, and this is, you know, those people who are listening will certainly understand how technology has changed printing. And uh, at the time, that was printed on a flatbed press. And they would print eight pages at a time. They'd start printing on Monday, and they would collate the paper by Friday, hand-inserting these sheets of paper at a time. So it was a process that we quickly changed. And of all things, we went back to Walter Ruttman, who owned a press, obviously. He wasn't happy to see us go, but we became a client and started printing our paper with him. Excellent. Now, is that the location? Again, we're gonna we're gonna do the Rhode Island thing. I, um, where the now new intersection of uh, Appenog, and it would have been behind like where the <laughs> Burger King used to be. <laughs> well, Was that, that the first office? No, that wasn't. Actually, oh. the Four Corners, where Cumbies is now, there used to be uh, a New York system. Uh, which then became a sign shop, you, you know, yeah. sometime later on. But we operated from there, and you're right, back where, here we go again, Rhode <laughs> Island, the Burger King used yes. to be, and Plant City is now building. Uh, on Meadow Street, there's a building there, 132 Meadow Street, that actually Tony and I, we formed another company, a printing company, and built a printing operations there. It was Beacon Press. You, you're very smart and, and uh, very much ahead of your time, I think, to do things like that. Well, well, come on. I said you were smart. You can, you can nod or say, <laughs> well, yes, of course. Well, yeah, we thought ahead of time. <laughs> you don't like compliments, do you? Uh, I, I love compliments. Keep on coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, amazing. I because the Meadow Street one—that's the first time I learned how to. I think write a press release. I think it was doing for the Women's Caucus, and boy, I'll tell you, back in the days, these kids don't know the typewriter, and if you made one mistake, you literally had to tear it up and start all over again. So and, true. Oh my God! I I don't know how I did it. I was going to college. I was running for office. I did my own press release. I mean, a lot of people helped me. But when you think about, I guess because we were young, we could do everything. Well, I think that's maybe a, you know, a, a product of age or, a, you know, a symptom of age. Well, and, I, and of you're course. You're starting out 
Yeah, and of course, I was still a mother, you know, and I cooked all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, Just, it's amazing to look back at that and such fond memories of uh, Meadow Street. Now, that's when you moved to where you are now? Now, uh, there are a couple of steps in between. Uh, We actually, you know where the Chamber of Commerce building is now? Yes. Right opposite City Hall? Right. Uh, Tony and I went different ways. Tony took over the printing operation. I took over the publishing of the papers. And uh, so Tony had had the printing operation on Meadow Street, and I moved to uh, the building right opposite City Hall. Uh, we were on three floors. Uh, first floor uh, was circulation, classified advertising, that sort of thing. Production was on the second floor, and the editorial department was in the basement. Uh, it was up and down stairs, uh, and the little building next door uh, at that time uh, I talked to David Nash, who was of the Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. It was, yep. at that point, the Warwick Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they were located there. And he came in one afternoon right on deadline. He knew when to talk to me because when I'm on deadline, I usually say yes to everything because I'm thinking of something else. And he said, uh, we want your building. And I said, what do you mean, Dave? And he said, the chamber's outgrown this little building. We need this building. And I said, well, where am I going to go? And he said, well, leave that to me. The next day, there were at least five realtors calling me. And I couldn't imagine what they were saying. We've got a building for you. I said, I don't need a building. I'm here. (laughs) And they said, well, Dave Nash said you needed a building. And uh, one of those buildings, quite obviously, turned out to be the one that we're in now on Warwick Avenue. And, and you've expanded that as well. And I should also say, you also own the Cranston Herald. That's We also published that. Yes. And the Johnston Sunrise. Well, I don't get to Johnston often, so I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, the reminder, which is... Uh, the, free, the handout? Handout yeah. in Coventry, yes. We, we do that as well. Well, you're a busy guy, huh? So there's plenty to do. Indeed. And um, I know that staff has been very faithful to you, too. You have people that have been there a very long time. When I look at who's still there, it amazes me. That's very true. Sharon's still there, right? No. She's not. Okay, no. I, I thought Sharon I Sharon isn't, but she, uh, she, Richard Fleischer yes, yep, uh, yep. has been with me for at least 45 wow. years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, right out of URI, uh, came to work, and uh, uh, still he's, quote, retired, (laughs) but comes in three days a week at least. Must be tough um, trying to get advertising dollars. I know that you also have the website, which is great, because, and maybe we'll get into this in our next session, um, you have your young intern here, and they don't do anything on, I mean, everything, Everything is is this. I mean, and I even, I've got, you know, iPad, iPhone, I this, I that, you know. I know how to do, if it wasn't for my kids, I wouldn't know how to do this at all. But that's what's probably going to happen. That it's, there won't be physical, the tactile touch, you know, with your cup of coffee. I like to believe that print is never going to die. 
Well, so, I agree with you, but but uh, but you're right in terms of digital communications have uh, certainly you know Facebook and Google have really sucked out a lot of advertising dollars from the print world, and uh, they've done it by the technology that identifies potential buyers for product. So you're the advertiser can target exactly who they're getting. Uh, whereas, in, of course, in a newspaper, you're relying upon people seeing the ad and saying, oh, I didn't know that was for sale or I hadn't thought of getting that rather than, you know, picking up a paper and saying, is there a good deal here on a camera? Uh, they're not going to find it. Exactly. But there's nothing like... Like I said, I got my beacon at noon today, and right away I go to see, well, is he starting? He's going to write about Ollie again. Let me see what's going on here, right? <laughs> but I tr uh, truly enjoyed it, and I'm truly enjoying our conversation. And I know the people who are listening will just love it, too. We're going to have you back because I want to talk about more about the state of journalism, but we can talk about that and many other things, especially politics the next time we meet. Great. I look forward to it, Gloria. Well, I want to thank you so much. Uh, again, everybody, John Howell, he's the king of Warwick, in my, in my opinion. He knows what's going on, and he knows everybody. And now we know a little bit more about him. So we thank you for tuning in today. And until uh, the next time, get your shot. Thank you, Gloria. You're I welcome. got mine. I got <laughs> mine, too, as well. Good. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online, the voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.